I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. It's Tim Heidecker, and you are listening to Hey Fan. Enjoy your morning. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levens. My name is Angus. And we are the Hello Family Boys. We're the Hello Family Boys and much like our namesake Hello, the opposite of that is goodbye and we are saying goodbye to the year that was. That's right, this is our farewell 2016 episode. Our bon voyage. How, in, in general, Angus, how do you feel about Angus? About Angus? How do you <laughs> feel Angus. about yourself? No, how do you feel about 20, 2016? He seems okay, but he's not that approachable. Um, it seems like he has a lot of trust issues. It takes years of him to become close to people. 2016 is the year that became sentient, where yeah. everyone blamed it for all of their problems. Like a lot of our I smell a South Park season already. Like of like yeah, it being like this big comic book villain. Yeah, 2016 was I think unfairly villain vilified. Lots of our, lots of heroes died this year. Lots of lots of uh, pe- like you know beloved people in music, from Bowie to Prince to more recently George Michael. I mean, besides George Michael, who's very much the outlier there, a lot of these people are. I don't want to myth bust anything or claim that I know the answer to uh, to death or life or why it happens, but a lot of it's been coincidence, hasn't it? So a lot of mainstream media is run by a generation of people who grew up with these uh, artists as heroes. You Leonard Cohen's, you George Martin's. Not even right. Even their children have grown up. So why, this why do you why do you exempt George Michael from that? He's younger. His oh, was like sure, a heartfelt. Like it wasn't really an older age. Uh, not that the other ones. I'm not saying it's any less or more tragic. But he was quite young. Like he's quite an outlier uh, compared to some of these other artists. Like which is like it is actually a lot sadder in that sense. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these people are of an older age and an older ilk. And I think a lot of it is coincidence. And I just think it's. You know, that fucking boomer generation, which we love so much, remembering of them, uh, member-bearing them a lot more than, say, people who are younger or even older. Well, no, I feel like a lot... I mean, people now have the, the means to communicate with Facebook, you know, every single thought. And I feel... For me, it's like, you know, like, I, I totally understand mourning someone that you're a massive fan of and, and would never, ever suggest anyone not mourn no, someone No, I love. agree. I think but when you it's need like, to mourn. I don't understand what anyone gets out of like, oh, 2016, can you not right now? Yeah, like, I mean... Like that's look, not going to... That, that's not going to reach the estate of Prince's family and they're going to be like, oh, thank you so much exactly. for your heartfelt condemning of this year. Yeah, it's like... Calendars were only invented, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> by the Romans, not that long ago. And so, you, this could be another thing. This could be called, like, Zardyark 14. Like, and you know what I mean? And Man, speaking of Romans, <laughs> the year that Roman, Rome burned, way worse than 2016. Nero. The Roman Empire. Go Nero, on. Nero back on his bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> Nero's final last words were... I, oh. Wait till you see 2016, dickheads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just... I no, just that's what you say. The, last, the last words Nero said was like, oh, go home 2016, you're drunk. <laughs> go home AD 60, you stink. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a bit strange to blame a year, I think. I mean, a lot of bad things did happen, but I think also we just rallied around bad things as a people. As a, and when I say yeah. as a people, I mean people in a first world country with, with Twitter. Yeah, I, I get weirdly defensive of it, though, when people are like, this was the worst year ever. I'm like, oh, well, like now my daughter was born in the worst year ever. This is this is terrible. It's not the worst year ever. <laughs> uh, like, the Great Depression affected everybody. The bubonic the, plague. Yeah, like, if we're going to... The we're gonna Crusades. Break it down. Yeah, World War Two 
like the bombing of Hiroshima, like the, the Pearl Harbor. There are so many other freaks years. and geeks got cancelled. Yeah, totally. Buffy ended to some people. That's <laughs> that was problem. they were around the same year. Worst year ever, two thousand and three. Yeah, I think it's just easy to. I think it's just also when people can't explain things. It's like with religions. You know, religions were sorry to mythbust again, but a lot of a lot of religion was based around explaining things, which were. In the early days, which there weren't explanations for. Why does the sun rise? Why does the sun set? Why do people die? What happened? Things that people didn't have answers for. I think that's what 2016 was a scapegoat for as well. If you just didn't like something or, you know, if you evaded tax this year, if you broke a law, <laughs> like it's almost like this this Chewbacca defense. You can just go, oh, it's 2016, man. Like we're all fucked up. Well, this is also like, you know, and you can tie it back to that annoying avocado toast article that I don't know. I know we have a lot of American listeners and uh, British listeners that maybe weren't aware of it, but there was this stupid article written by someone old saying that our generation will never buy a house because, because we, we get spend, smashed. We avocado. spend all our money on avocado toast. So and when you go to a cafe in Australia, you know, you can get your, your toast, uh, you know, your sourdough as it is now. It's sourdough or bust, isn't it really? But for me, like, yeah, that's a really dumb thing to say, but the worst thing about it was that it gave pretty much an entire generation of people like someone like all they focused on was the avocado toast part instead of focusing on like why that's a problem like oh like because i i i'm in a a rarity of 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 people that you know live outside of the 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 main cbd Mm. you know and and do so so i can save and you know there is a lot of it's a genius idea well i know but you know it, it is about making i don't want to be like this fucking preachy podcast no, all it's of sacrifices sudden. but like know? yeah it is there is this our gen whatever the fuck we call it what do we call it gen we don't XY? even know gen are we millennials we're millennials right no i think millennials are younger than us no i think we just scrape into the millennial bracket i thought we were why right why millennials why millennials um but I feel like, you know, like, like 2016, avocado toast. We're always looking for something to blame our problems and, you know, try and point out things that are stopping us from achieving our goals yeah. instead of, you know, taking responsibility it's for like, them. It's like, I can see what Kendall Jenner's doing on Snapchat, but I have to wait 20 minutes to get this burger. Yeah. Like, this is really unfair. You know what I mean? Fuck I you, think, Kendall Jenner. <laughs> I, think, I think communication, like, again, I don't want to get preachy either, but I think with how, how mental it is now with the fact that we can message each other on the other sides of the world using a phone really easily like i think that immediacy of, for a lot of things which weren't immediate for perhaps that's a reason why uh when there's not immediacy of answers for things like why don't i own a house or th- but you know there are some reasons i guess why it is hard with sydney's also like the most expensive place in the world in, in the current sphere but you know why yeah people do find uh, i i think we have been spoiled in some ways, mainly technological things that are immaterial. Yeah. Things that are, you know, and there's this like, you know, Oh, it was so much easier for our parents' generation in some ways. Yeah, for sure. But in other ways, like, no way we're in our thirties. If and your kid coughed, they didn't Google and like go, Oh, it's just this, that drive to the hospital at 3am <laughs> and be like, my child's dying, you know, like, but like no- you know, and you and me are in our thirties and, and we, we spend money on, on podcasting and beers and going Look, we're out back on our bullshit. Our t- <laughs> sure. We are, we are well in, Hey fam, boys 2016 and hey spoiler alert 2017 we're getting back on our bullshit our parents weren't doing that they were like they couldn't all they were doing were fucking saving if you bought a comic over the age of 18 you were conscripted oh my god man i'm sure (laughs) i i I read a comic at my grandparents house yeah um uh we had we went there just after christmas happy holidays hey fam that's right happy merry christmas we're judging you and your generation yeah happy kwanzaa (laughs) happy hanukkah all of them um but i went to my grandparents house and i pulled out a comic and and was reading one was it one like a recent comic that i had to read read for for, for my my job serious issues it it wasn't like a um uh little little rascal yeah yeah, yeah. ginger (laughs) mags that your granddad had lying around no i pulled out one that i brought with me and and, um my grandma goes oh andrew you're not reading a comic are you and i was like it's my job to read comics, all right? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Grandma. <laughs> we know you had to skin and sell your pet rabbits during the Depression to make money. Make me Jesus. some avocado toast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Having said that, though, uh, my dad was an outlier. He did read Tintin a lot. He was a comic fan. Your dad's a real one. My dad's a real one, too. Both our dads our read dad's comics. A, maybe that generation was the one to blame. Maybe the boomers are now the ones... Maybe maybe everyone's blaming us, but maybe it's because our parents were too goaty and we didn't realise at the time. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were so... Because they spent so much time, you know, saving yeah. money and working like I grew up in a nine house to five with Tintin and- collectibles everywhere and that's come down to me in the sense I have like Tintin and Star Wars shit all throughout the house and I don't know, maybe, our, maybe our, the generation, maybe there's a certain ilk of 
parents before us who softened the blow for us and encouraged us to pursue those things. You yeah. Know? Like we found out the other day we were taken to the same Lego exhibit when we were five. Yeah, totally. Which is awesome. I don't completely remember that. When uh, they used to do Lego exhibitions in the David Jones, that was a, the, yeah. the pharaoh. And they were um, Egyptian. motorized. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like they would move. Like big, big yellow mummies and Tutankhamun. I went to a face. Gulliver's Travels one in the eighties as well, which That's was lit. excellent. That's there amazing. was a massive Gulliver, and he, he was in a body of water, and all you saw was his hand and his chest, and he had like three or four pirate ships holding, but like he was pulling the ships, That's like right. he was using existing sets. Can't, we're not talking about 1988, <laughs> though. We're talking about twenty. It was so much better than twenty sixteen. <laughs> Blame your problems on nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, the Lego exhibitions were so much better then. Um, anyway, that's the, that's our weird rant. Our what the fuck moment. It's our old man rant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I didn't have a problem with twenty sixteen. Me, Sh- I shit happened, but good shit happened too. Should we talk about the worst thing that's happened recently, though? Because I feel it's very important. Let's to get your it out heart. of the way. Um, it's only been twenty four hours. Carrie Fisher has passed. And even just even more recently, and her two mother. Two hours ago, her mother, her mother died. This morning, subsequently, um, who's I think twenty four or twenty five years older than her. Which yeah, my parents have always said the one thing they never want to experience is dying after their offspring. But the fact, you know, this is on some Johnny Cash, June Carter stuff, like the immediate dying of a lo- the death of a loved one's almost like the responsible for your death. You know, like yeah, a, sure, like a broken heart, which it isn't. I know, you know, Revenge of the Sith. I hear you. So, um, while my grandparents weren't being like <laughs> roasting re- you, just no, just fucking like they, like they went from my my fucking grandpa was watching a nineteen forties musical that I I downloaded for him a couple of years How ago. How much and, blackface and was in it? There was a blackface scene. <laughs> And he goes, oh, you can't do that anymore. And <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I was like, um, that's right. And then um, my uncle, who is like not that old, like he'd be in his forties, was like, oh, you know, bloody political correctness now. You can't. <laughs> and I was like, oh god, here we go. He's back on his bullshit. And, and and then my grandma joined in, like, oh, we didn't have political correctness, you know, when I was growing up. And, blah, <laughs> and then the straight away they started talking about Muslim terrorists. It was Ooh. fucked. How do you get? It was like and this is like a, t- a fifteen second period. Anyway, when they weren't what doing, movie was it? Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy with uh, James yeah, Cagney. Yeah, I know the James one. Cagney. My my grandpa loves, and he's like he'll he'll say things to get a to get a response out of me. He'll, he'll like he'll say things that I know that he, that he knows in my SJW heart. I'll I'll like go. So he goads you. Yeah, totally. But but. But, Man, uh, what a bunch of roasters! Yeah, That's it was fucking. Great. It was it was fucked up. I hated it. Um, but <laughs> I fucking hated it. We woke up to the news that Carrie Fisher had died, and um, it's uh, so funny. I've just opened Twitter. I saw a tweet that is saying, "I think 2016 was good." Actually, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, uh, um, Carrie Fisher. No, we had t- two days earlier. Uh, we had the Christmas Eve the re- uh, report of a heart attack, mm. which was devastating. Um, she was flying back from a press tour in the UK for her latest book, The Princess Diarist. Uh, had a heart attack 10 minutes before landing in LAX. Oh, man. Which is insane. I mean, amazing that it was 10 minutes before landing as opposed to three hours. Uh, luckily, there was a doctor who... Um, a, a medical professional who helped her immediately and she was taken to a... Uh, I think it was like UCLA or maybe a... I don't think it's a, that's an important... doesn't matter, but anyway, she was under two, monitor. Two she was in ER for ages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but then the reports were she was stable. Yeah, but apparently she never gained con- great... So I didn't know that. When I saw the word stable, I was like... This is fantastic. And then yeah. she was out of ER and stable. Those are usually things you hear, which are two good things, you know? They're two positives. And then two days later, I mean, yeah, we woke to the... And it's kind of... On that day, I got extremely sad and just thought she can't... I was in denial. I was like, no, she can't die. So, I mean, yeah, well, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about her... As Princess Leia, um, we'll get to that. Or, but yeah. um, I, 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 that was immediately where my head went upon finding out that that she died. You, you sent me a text overnight, yeah. So I woke up to, to your news that that Princess Leia died. You didn't even say Carrie Fisher, um, and I I brought it up to my to my grandparents when they weren't ranting about <laughs> Muslim avocados. Back in my day, <laughs> back um, in my day, we used to lynch them, and uh, they immediately didn't they didn't go Star Wars. They went. Blues Brothers. I forgot that she was yeah. the, the jilted ex-lover of... Um, Jake. Jake. Hilarious. John Belushi's character. So yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, at one point, fires a rocket launcher at them. Yeah. She so was great. Stuff. She was so It's one of her biggest... That. It's probably, her, probably her biggest, best non-Star Wars role. Austin Powers as well. well. She was in Austin Powers? Yeah. She's got a cameo in Austin Powers. Right. 
Um, but of course, we know her mostly because of uh, oh. Princess Leia, and, and and also just from from being an incredible person outside of movies. Oh, an huge. advocate for mental health, massive a, advocate for mental just health, just a passionate feminist from the from the fucking word go. Yeah, um, outspoken always, in not in a, and that's not in a negative, derogatory, outspoken like. Ooh. Well, oh, I, I would never say outspoken just, as, as, a, as a derogatory It never term. is. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, never, it never means that. It just, she was always spoken mind. And the, the, the best thing has just been reading people who knew her, uh, their thoughts. And it's sad that it takes the passing of somebody for these things to come out. But oh, just the wealth of goodwill and hilarious stories that are coming out are incredible. Yeah, and like you know, you compare it to you know, just a couple of days before that was um, finding out that that George Michael had died and tragic. Reading fifty three, so re- reading about that online. I mean, maybe it's just the people that I that I follow, but it was everyone paying tribute to him by saying where they were when they first heard Faith, or you know, yeah, how old they were when they first bought Last Freedom. Christmas as well. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But know. but. It was all responding to him, like basically memories of listening to his music. But when Carrie Fisher died, all I saw were retweets and tweets of people in film and comics and, and writing talking about personal Everybody. experiences that they'd had with Carrie Fisher. And I thought it was, it was actually, it was one of those things that was really sad. It was overwhelming. The amount of incredible quotes and, and, and stories and photos involving her really warmed my heart. In a way, Leia is a, a cursed and her, her curse and gift, you know, it gave her the platform, like being princess Leia gave her a platform. But then with that platform, she was always called Leia and stuff, but she was just so much more. And it's just so lucky that we got to see her as Leia and use that platform for other things as well. I mean, she had a very hard life. You know, she didn't want to be in the spotlight. She was child. She was Hollywood royalty. Mm-hmm. She was born in a famous family and, yeah, kind a, of reluctantly her, got into acting. Her dad was a, like a crooner, right? Um, uh, yeah, her father was in Singing in the Rain. Yep. Yep. And so was her mother. His mother. No, right? yeah. Uh, Debbie Reynolds is in there, yeah? Debbie Reynolds. I'm pretty sure, man, we should be knowing more of this. It's okay. You can go to far more research Her father's were like 40... Mother and father were 40s Hollywood, even stage, you know, Broadway. Mm. That was superstars. So she was this, you know, brought up in this Hollywood fairy tale and then got into acting then had a really kind of tough time with addiction being, you know, anything from heroin, cocaine, alcohol, and just a really rough life. And, you know, had a really short marriage to Paul Simon. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. And then she's got a beautiful daughter who was actually in the force awakens from a, uh, from a sp- uh, partner she had in the nineties and just seeing her come back in the last few years, like I'd always see her sporadically, whether it was usually for like her, her, her spoken word, stand up stuff or on tonight shows or, Special features on Star Wars. I mean, that's where I first saw her outside of Princess Leia, you know, and it's great because you always see Mark talk about it and he's such a whimsical farm boy who just feels so happy <laughs> to be along for the ride. And Harrison's kind of got this stoicness about him. Like, it was great, you know. It was good and kind of very soft-spoken. You can but, he, tell, he, he could, but he definitely didn't like it for the longest but time. But you can right? tell he also has a respect. He knows to be respectful for what it did to him. Yep. Whereas Carrie is just... Oh shit! You know, I had to wear tape on my boobs. Like she's just so like <laughs> hilarious, and we'll just say how terrible a lot of the experiences were. There's that great video of her roasting George Lucas. Oh, from 2005. The so ro- funny, just so good. And like you know, the famous line was, you know, George, you can type this shit, but you can't say it. Like always, forever, forever roasting. And yeah, you, as you're someone who, you know, I have, I was diagnosed with bipolar ten years ago, and not that I'm saying that I am a tragic figure or anything like that. I'm definitely not by any means. I'm very, very stable. But seeing someone like her talk about it, which I saw in a documentary years ago, was just so eye-opening and just explained so many things. Like, she was like, I'm really bad with money, which is a really bad side effect of what I do. Like, you get in these uh, manias and you just spend, spend, spend because you're so... You you can't do anything else. And it's like this immediate happiness. Mm -hmm. Products make you happy and it's very shallow and it gets you in a lot of financial trouble. Stephen Fry suffered the same thing. It's like this very bizarre but common side effect it's like you go out and buy the latest of every gadget even if you don't need it it's just this okay now i'm happy and I've, and then you're exhausted exhaustion not not wanting to see people like explaining a lot of things and she was just so blunt about it but she was also one of the people who was like it's also makes me who i am so it was like nice to know you don't have to hide it or feel that you have to like it's okay to let it define parts of you which is a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And she has great great quotes about you know oh, like don't quotes. don't let it stop you from doing the things totally. that you that you want to do. Yeah, but what a go! Just so sad though, so sad that she's gone. Now I know uh, a friend of ours, Steel Saunders, friend of the show. We were actually on uh, his most recent Sydney episode, which I think is going up this week. Uh, Steel yeah. Steel Wars, his podcast. He does a, a Star Wars call in show. Yeah, and he hosted it, one. The, he gets the, the people night. all over the world to call in. I've got to figure out how he does. It's so like, I, I, it's so good. It's really? such a good thing to do. I've, I've not actually listened to one of the call-in episodes before, but they're live, and I usually miss them because I'm at work. But I do listen to the the like I've listened to them live. I listen to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. But there was a beautiful episode. It just popped up today, and it was the Carrie Fisher, I don't guess memoration in memoration. You know, mm. and it's two hours of just people. You know, from people who have met her, people who haven't met her, just people who have any opinion, like have just seen her on screen or whatever just talking opening up about Carrie it was beautiful it's so worth listening to it really I was away with family a lot and while I, you know it was nice to kind of speak about it and I guess I hadn't really mourned so I listened to that and it was just such a nice really it was like being in a support group yeah sure well, that's great so yeah definitely go check out Steel Wars a Star Wars podcast the most recent uh, episode is the, the Carrie Fisher call-in episode I mean her presence was she was for me like seeing her in The Force Awakens again with Han is just like one of the reasons why that movie is so special to me. And, and it's such a tragic reunion too, you know? Absolutely. Like they've got this son who's turned to the dark side and they haven't remained married or we don't know if they're married or not. And it's just this tragic kind of reunion and he's like, I'm going to go get him back. I'll bring him back. And as we know, he doesn't come back at all. So not only has she lost her son still, but she's also lost her lover. And it's just, oh, now she's gone. It's like, yeah. shit, we lost Han Solo in films in the last 12 months and now we've lost... Carrie Fisher in reality, like yeah, and Jesus Christ! So you haven't seen Rogue One since finding out that Carrie no, Fisher I saw died. it Boxing Day. No, I saw you right. I saw it the day we thought she was okay. I saw yeah, it with my right. um, my family on the south coast. We went to the nine forty session the day after Christmas. Because I wonder, you know, I mean, it's a stupid place to make your head go up. No, I think I know what you're going to say, news, and I think it's such a good thing to discuss. Like, I wonder if they would have what included that. If they would have included that, had she. Had had this been had Rogue One been made a year from now, yeah, or had it been released three weeks later? Like, yeah, totally. What would you do? I mean, for you know, spoiler alert: it ends with a remarkably lifelike CG creation of Leia turning to camera with the plans for the Death Star. And at the time, it's such an amazing. I mean, when we saw it, and still when I see it, it's a beautiful ending to a movie, which is ten minutes early. You've just seen everybody who is uh, classified as a hero. Obliterated <laughs> Completely obliterated And the last Nothing thing she says Is hope And I think it's such A beautiful ending Yeah, I, yeah I It's think such a great ending For that film It can't end on Vader Because that's Sort of downtrodden Like that's the second Last shot is Vader mm. Looking at her uh, The Tante f- uh, Four jump away And then it needs To be her It needs to be her So I kind of like You know like It's bittersweet that that's the last appearance. I mean, because that, that is her her voice. They got it. It's her. Really, it's, yeah. She would have used it. You know, yeah. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, your only hope. Like they would have digitized. I'd say one of the readings of that. Right. Sure. For sure. Um, I mean, that's my theory. Obviously, they did it with her blessing. I'm sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I think that is a. She signed that Mickey Mouse dotted line. You know, when she signed <laughs> on for. Seven, but you know, this is going to make eight a completely different experience. Now, I was already gearing up for it to being an emotional. Film just because Mark Hamill opens his mouth. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She's completed all of her scenes in eight. Has she really? Oh, they finished in September. Oh man! So I the movie's done. Oh yeah, it's shot. It's done. It's in post production. So I'm feeling for Ryan Johnson right now and whoever's editing it with him. I'm not sure how hard it is going to be to make that film in post production, seeing any footage of Carrie. So yeah. the movie's done. That's so devastating, isn't it? It's so devastating, but it's also. Like, okay. gonna have it's gonna for better or for worse be the cloud that is over this movie. Like well, it's like when we saw The Dark Knight, we knew that was Heath Ledger's last performance in a film. Yeah, and when you go see a film, even you know, I'm not being funny here. Fast Fast Seven, like the whole thing about that movie was Paul Walker's dead, mm. and it's it's a gift because it allows people to go and farewell the person in their natural, I guess, home for the viewer, like in the cinema which is a nice thing, especially when it's a send-off. But I'm just like, what is this going to do to A? Is it going to be, not distracting is the wrong word, but is it going to be dictating its release or dictating what they do? Or, or there's this famous quote that um, Carrie once said, it might have even been something that George said to her. He's like, you're not Princess Leia. She, she just looks like you. So 
they're two different people, which is I think is a nice thing to remember. Are they going to still keep it as like, just treat it as if Leia is in it and then outside of, I don't know, like are they going to have Carrie and Leia as two different things? Yeah. Is it going to be the first Star Wars movie to have In Memoriam of at the end or the start? Like, I just don't know. I mean, how important is not celebrating and I just don't know what the answer is. Because I did not have a problem with the CG version of Tarkin. Oh, neither did I. I swear, and look, this is apologist again. I've seen the movie five, four times now. You just don't even notice. My, so my wife obviously had no idea. She's not, not a big Star Wars fan, so had no idea that that actor had died. Totally. Um, and I did find out, which we were talking about off, uh, his estate gave the blessing, so they got money for it. So excellent. Remember, yeah. you were like, oh man, why are people being dicks? It's like, his family have probably just had the biggest paycheck in the last nine, 20 years. Yeah. So they signed um, off like it wasn't done. Just it wasn't like a let's sneak him in. Like that stuff obviously legal uh, ramifications, you know. But so I went after after we finished watching the movie. I was like, besides Princess Leia, there was another CG character in that movie. Can you pick which one it is? And she was like, what the robot? And I'm like, no, no, like one of the humans. That's in crazy. There was created from CG, and she just was like, I don't know. I saw it with some older people, uh, uncles and stuff, and. While they knew Peter Cushing was old, they didn't know he had actually died. And I'm like, mm. oh, was it they actually get Peter Cushing for that? Like, it's just people. I think it was an uncanny valley if you knew that person was dead. Yeah. Is it, it, does it come with the knowledge it of is, death? No, it, it is a start. The first scene with him is a bit like, whoa. Um, yeah. That, but because I've, I've only seen it twice. I've only seen it twice. But I've seen it twice. But I, it gets so much better. And I didn't, I didn't find the final sort of layer weird at all. I think it'll be a landmark thing as well. I think it'll be a case that will be looked back upon. For what I think is going to be For better or for worse I don't think it's necessarily for worse Bringing back actors I mean, shit Scorsese just said There's going to be a film now With basically Godfather 2 era De Niro as, And De Niro is playing him Wow Like, not a Godfather film Sorry sure, I mean, But, yeah, but yeah. of that age he was Like in his 30s So he's like Now that it's out there I mean, we see it in Ant-Man With Michael Douglas Yeah, I think I still think that's the best The best Oh, Tony Stark in used. Civil War Oh, uh, yeah, that was, pretty, young that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And then um, also Anthony Hopkins in Westworld. Yeah, I thought it was a bit... You could tell it was TV. I think the best it's ever looked is, is in Ant-Man. I think Leia. It wasn't her, though. It wasn't Carrie. It was another actress. Right. So they had an actress who had very similar facial dimensions and they mapped it to it. Did you see the footage, the, the behind-the-scenes shots that came out showing you how they did it? Like the... The actor that played him looks so similar. Let's put it up on uh, on the headphone page. Yeah, um, and he's in full costume, so the costumes are it's just the face they animate. Yeah, right. It's really interesting. Um, should we talk a little bit about Rogue One? Um, rest in peace, yeah, Carrie I mean, we Fisher. Spoke about rest it in peace, Debbie Reynolds. Cloud. Yeah, look, um, the Force will always be with Carrie, and I don't think now is the time to go, what are they going to do with the story? Was she going to die in it? I mean, for all we know, Leia's story could have ended today. We don't know. Yeah. But for all we know, maybe it's not, and now... Whatever's going to happen, I know it's going to be of the utmost respect to Star Wars fans and to Carrie Fisher's memory. And would you are you ready for a CG version of Leia in Nine though? Well, I've already seen one in Rogue One. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, is it? And that's three years away. I mean, who knows what will happen? If, I mean, look, if, if the estate gives the blessing, I guess it's fine. Right? I think is it's it look, fine. I, yeah, I don't know. It's muddy. It's a muddy thing to think about. I mean, would ha- would Mark want to act alongside? A CG layer. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good but point. then it's about that line. That that line, which I can't get out of my head, is the you and Princess Leia are two different people. Mm. If it serves the story, maybe. Um, you know, it was laughed and at whatever. But Paul Walker's farewell was actually quite a fitting tribute for that style of film. It was a little too touching for the rest of the Fast and Furious, and it gave him kind of his character a send off, but also the actor. So I, I think that at the moment that's actually <laughs> set the bar high sure. in terms of what's the best thing to do. Because the audience aren't stupid. I mean, people might freak out too. There might be, it might, it, it, you know, Peter Cushing's been dead for 20 plus years. And he died of old age, right? Yeah, yeah. to see Carrie Fisher just might be this repulsive feeling, which you yep. can't explain. Just a, oh, that's per- it might be a bit too much, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think she's too much of a face. Like, you ask a kid on the street, they'll know who R2-D2, 3PO, Chewbacca, Princess Leia. Like, Grand Moff Tarkin was like a, a second-tier character. Totally. At best. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just think it's too much. I don't think... Uh, personally, I think right now, no. But who knows what will happen? Yeah. Who knows um, what? But I, I just do feel for the everyone, like her family, and especially... Uh, not especially, but... And I'm definitely thinking about how hard it's going to be for the people involved in 
crafting the film now, how hard it is going to be to see her. To see every day. footage of her and yeah. edit it. And yeah, yeah that's going to totally. be so brutal. Yeah. It's going to be, and I don't know, are they doing 11th hour rewrites now or 11th hour, you know, shit, episode nine was mapped out. Now we have to completely change it. Yeah. Having said that, though, she was in about four or five minutes of The Force Awakens. She didn't have a major role. Yeah, for compared sure. Compared to Han. Like, she, if there was a, you know, a pie chart, 98, 6% of it would be Han. In my head, though, I thought she didn't have a major role in, in, in 7 because she was going to have a much bigger role in 8. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe Carrie's health was always something and her being was something that was, you know, pushed her back maybe. Yeah, for sure. Maybe she wasn't. Up for it, yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll, st- we'll we'll leave the speculating for later uh, later next year. Yeah. Um, but that was the first big, br- yeah. That was a brutal blow for this end of the year, and the first time I've been really, really saddened by a celebrity death to the point where I have to mourn somehow. You know. Yeah, I, f- I felt that way when Darwin Cook, the comic book artist yeah. and writer, passed away earlier in the year. Funnily enough, a great image of his, uh, which he drew of Leia. A few years ago, has been doing the rounds recently. Oh, well, I haven't seen that. Yeah, like a sketch he did at a con, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's a Fantastic. classic oh, I can episode imagine four. how good that would look. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. And that's been doing the rounds today. And like a lot of uh, here is the best sort of artists' reactions to uh, Carrie Fisher's passing. And it's a beautiful image. It's so cool. Um, so let's just change the subject very, very slightly and talk yeah. about Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One. We've, uh, we, have, we kind of began this episode talking about... Uh, the Facebook response to things. Yeah. And uh, we, I spoke about this slightly in our Steel Wars episode that we did, but... Also, we spoke about it last week with people's Medium accounts. Yeah. That we've been speaking... If so, I think it's what you're... you're like, about. you know, we have a podcast. We, we throw our opinion out there as often as possible. And yeah, I but we I, pay for hosting. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't do advertising. We don't make money off this. But there is something to be said about... Um, the difference between a conversation about why something is or isn't good and versus an article that you've written telling someone that something is or isn't good. Yeah. And I I left Rogue One. I mean, you can hear it. We recorded an episode immediately. I was on cloud nine just because... Cloud city nine. Oh, very true, mate. Um, uh, Yavin nine. (laughs) Is it uh, Yavin? Did I say say it wrong? Well, Steel says Yavin, Yavin. but I say Yavin. It's up to you. (laughs) It's like, you know, some people say Jakku, some people say Jakku. Um, Palpatine, Palpatine. Yeah, it's all up to you. Han, Han. Croscant, Coruscant. (laughs) Croissant. Croissant. (laughs) Um, But... uh, I you know I I could not believe that what a treat Rogue One was. I, yeah. I guess I went in there, you know, I've I've seen I've tried to even the numbers out in the last week. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, no, you know, trying to knock out a few more movies that we can talk about in this show that I've seen that came out this year. 
But I've definitely At the movies I saw more shit movies Than good ones Yeah same here sadly I think I saw better films On VOD this year mm, Agreed Like I saw better Like I rented a bunch of, This is a year I, I Just I found like The line has really blurred This year between Going to the cinema And renting videos uh, Movies like Almost day and day release uh, <laughs> More so than ever And that cinema seems to just be a place now for tentpole films. Yeah, if you want to see a smaller totally. movie, it's very hard. Like, I really want to see... I know we're going to talk about Rogue One, but I really want to see the other guys. And I kind of missed it at the cinema. It was only on for a fraction of time. But a month or two later, it's on iTunes in HD and, you know... Yeah, I, I watched it on a plane. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's just like, oh, is that how we watch that style of movie now? Like, I've completely missed the advertising for it because I don't have traditional TV and... I had ads blocked on the internet or whatever, and it's just so funny. Like, I didn't know it was actually showing at a dentist yeah. or something. But yeah, but look, I guess because of the podcast, we kind of, you and I will go see almost every blockbuster just because it's, a, you know, a talking we point. We owe it for to us. our fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the fans. Um, the fans, yeah. I- <laughs> um, especially if it's comic book related, Star Wars related, sci fi generally. Like we'll Jared go, we'll, Leto. Yeah, we'll go see that shit and talk yeah. about so we can talk about it on the podcast. But like, you know, between Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, uh, I really didn't like Fantastic Beasts. I didn't like Ghostbusters. So I didn't I've mind de- Fantastic I've Beasts. decided to fully admit to myself. I was defending it. Ghostbusters sucked, y'all. Wow. Like, I, 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 I wow, was, how many days we had left in the year? That's amazing. <laughs> um, oh, 11s. Wow. Well, I'm, you know, I'm glad you could admit it. I really, like, I definitely, there were, there were things in that movie that I did like, but... It was just made from the wrong place. The more, one, no, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I just think, like, that trope of there being this thing that's going to end the world yeah. and, and it shoots Via a New York City <laughs> into the fucking sky. Yeah. I'm so over it and, it and it didn't need to do that and it did. And, and I just think it know, was made from the wrong place. It was just not scary. It was and, not, yeah. you know. It was like, I wanted nothing more than for that, for that to just be like, just to win everybody over and we just have a franchise featuring those four amazing actors as Ghostbusters now. No, but we're not going to see another one. It's yeah. done. Oh, Sony apparently said they are. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sony, man, Sony's They also crazy. said they're going to make Amazing Spider-Man 3. <laughs> as well as the one that Marvel As well as, yeah. yeah. Um, well, by the way, I think it's officially uh, five years since the first Amazing Spider-Man came out. Maybe it's six. Maybe, oh, wow. Maybe it's ten years. I can't remember. Yeah, Fuck wow. It. Yeah, I fucked it. Pulling out fan Andy Garfield. <laughs> um, he's still, I think he's still with, uh, banging... Uh, <laughs> it is some Gwen amount Stacey. of years. It's some amount of years since the Amazing Spider-Man Yeah, I think it was 2012. Started. I think you're right. Um... Yeah, but uh, I I went into Rogue One just kind of you know you know what like oh, even Doctor Strange it was it was, it was a bit of a letdown. Um, yeah, um, I agree. and I kind of went in there going, I don't, maybe this is going to be the first like uh, just not good. And I could not believe how much I enjoyed Rogue One, and I to the point where I was like, who could find problems with this movie? And it turns out thousands upon thousands of people yeah. I know found problems. It's really with funny. It. It's like the dust has settled from the. I, see, I don't know, again, was I just selectively reading or mem- remembering these things? But when The Force Awakens came out, that, that all I remember hearing basically is unanimous uh, like praise for it. Yeah, and I think the- it still has a 98 or 97 Rotten Tomatoes rating, which is still big after a movie's been out this long and the dust has settled. And it was just huge. It's like, Star Wars back, Star Wars back. And it gave everyone what they... You know, it was the nostalgia. It was, we've already gone into and detail. And it was the build-up for it as well. Like, I think I, I loved that, that insane amount of build-up. And, it, you know, it, it lived, up, the lived up. It was such a great um, cinematic experience. But then I, I think that... We all knew the, Rogue One was going to be the tough one. It's the, yeah. It was the first one that's not, you know... But, like, you know, I've watched Star Wars since, since seeing force awakens and it's like it is crazy similar and like there, oh, yeah, there, there totally. are lazy moments in it, like like fucking star killer base is like such a boring like you know and i get what why why it did what it did it was like a you know semi-reboot um, yeah uh but I, I i think there was less fanfare going into rogue one and i ended up enjoying the movie far more than, yeah than force awakens i think I think people were kind of not giving it too much fanfare just in case it was it was too much of a risk that it could have been the, the, the as if I mean I reckon Disney were on tender hooks man I reckon they were like fuck are people going to buy this but, like I mean the critical and audience reaction from what I've seen like, I'm not actually actively seeking it out this is in I my feed yeah. is in my feed you know in the week after Rogue One was like overwhelmingly negative. So I didn't see that when I, you were I, telling me, I was shocked. And I put out a tweet like, "Like I can't believe we got a blockbuster of this caliber." I was like, was thrilled. Um, and so people, because I was so positive in it, people decided to text me that they fucking hated it That's after so they saw weird. it. <laughs> Great fun, everyone. Thanks, friends. Um, but uh, this is why we can't have nice things. This is no, why no, Carrie but- Fisher dies. <laughs> but I, uh, 
I went and saw it again and I took my wife and I was really, really worried that Bianca was going to also hate it. And like, I, 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 I thought I liked it so much that I thought maybe there was something wrong with me. You should never think like, that. You know, That's like, so sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, fuck, maybe like I missed it. And so I, I went in there and I, and I looked for the criticism. I looked for the underdeveloped characters. I looked for like the uncanny CGI stuff. I looked for uh, like, you know, the, the slightly muddled planet hopping first half hour and the the somewhat of a slow build and i looked part i I can like yeah i can acknowledge that maybe they could have been stronger but i found as a whole the movie just like who gives a fuck it rules like i'm not even like a star wars apologist like i don't think you're not some of the prequels are watchable yeah at all you're not apologizing that's my job yeah um but uh yeah I, i this is just from me as like someone who likes watching movies at the cinema that are big and cool I thought this was a big and cool movie and uh, it was exactly what I needed to, to cap the year off in blockbusters. Yeah, I, did, I mean, I've spoken about it on the Steel Wars episode, but I just loved it reminding me of just picking up a one-shot Star Wars comic, you know? Yeah, definitely. And kind of just read, like, you don't need to get that attached to the characters because, look, we spent 14 hours with the Skywalkers so far. We spent over, like, eight, you know, we spent 15 hours with them, basically. More. Uh Let's see what else is going on in the galaxy. Totally. And fr- it's great. Our friend Alexi Toliopoulos, who does the Blank Slate Movie Podcast and Mike Check Podcast, um, said on their end of end of 2016 uh, movie wrap-up, which is a really great listen, made me very, very happy that I know those boys because it's the three of them together again. Cam- Cameron Back James together. and Henry Stone uh, hosting that. It's a really, really fun episode and, and a great thing to, for you to listen to if you want to take notes on some movies you may have missed this year. Um but uh, he described it as like a genre movie in the Star Wars universe, but like almost like oh, like he had a problem with that, I guess. But then he kind of came came to it after seeing it again and was like, no, no, I think this is great. But I think there should be genre movies within the Star Wars universe. Same. I'm hoping Han Solo is one. I'm yeah, it's like a buddy cop movie. Totally with Chewie or Lando and or Han and well, Chewie and Lando. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, but they're all in it, but yeah, I just would love a buddy cop kind of team up and Lobot. I just want I want those boys back. <laughs> I think they should be doing these genre films with Vin Star Wars. Totally. Um, I just found it weird. more than any other film. A lot of people like decided to get their soapboxes out and just tell people what for. Yeah, I had so many friends that I didn't know were Star Wars fans that wrote articles about why Star Wars Rogue One is like bad for humanity. It's like it's okay. What were their reasoning? I mean, like, I, I don't think that's important. I just think, like, it's just bizarre that you can't just go, I didn't like this. <laughs> like, I, fair yeah. enough, if you didn't like it, that's fine. But, like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it is hypocritical for us to for me to say that and then record fucking four hours about why Suicide I hated Squad. Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. But, but again, no, those movies... Were, look, I, Rogue One was definitely made from the right place. It was nothing but adoration and love for the franchise. I mean... Fuck, it's not like Darth Vader walked out to Lincoln Park. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's what you do to... Like, this was very... Guess who's back? <laughs> this is very respectful, you know? Where those films were, let's just be weird and zany because... Two ATATs go round the outside. Round exactly. the outside. <laughs> it's, you, don't, you don't want that. And these were made from the... You know, it was made from the right place. It was... You know, there was concept art from the Macquarie days in those films, which is huge, from the 70s and 80s that have finally been realized. And... If it wasn't made, shit, it would be jarring as hell because you'd be like, well, why has Darth Vader got a um, like bad mother tattoo on his forehead and yeah. it's, it's not in the last film when Luke takes his helmet off? <laughs> like, it was, yeah, whereas I think it's fine for us to be crying about, about those other ones. Sure. I'll, I'll allow us to do that. It's just weird, yeah. And a lot of people, like, I, I think it's great for opinions. God, I'm not getting on my, my Trump shit and telling people, you know, like the Washington Post or New York Times and a lot of to write articles or have opinions, but it's just, I don't know. This one seemed a little more visceral. I don't know. Were we just taking it more personally or what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's the, it's the, the way culture is, is consumed now where everyone has a, 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 a platform, a platform. To but also it. no one's listening. We've got to remember these platforms are vacuums. Twitter <laughs> is basically dead. Like Twitter is the smallest social media sphere in the world to the point where Twitter doesn't know what it no, does. I didn't actually read any bad reports of, on Rogue One and on Twitter. Was, oh, but I'm saying like that's small. Facebook. Facebook is only people... It's not public. Like it's only... Yeah, true. And it looks for words that appeal to you. Like we've got to remember that these opinions that people are putting out there, it might just be algorithms serving them up. Yeah. So were there any um, 
any movies that kind of we didn't really speak on the show. Speak, we, you know, we did specials on. Yeah. What do we, we we did specials on uh, all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies. Um, obviously, Ghostbusters, Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Um, there's a movie that we saw. I think maybe the first movie we spoke about at the start of the year that I'd forgotten about, and it was actually a really good movie. Yeah. Cloverfield. Oh yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane. That was yeah, great. That was really good. Yeah, a great performance that. from John Goodman. Like, yeah, John Greatman. That's very true. He was great in it. John, very good man. Um, so yeah, I, I forgot that I'd seen that. Yeah, um, me too. The, um, and also, list- that was a surprise release. You know, that was absolutely. A- yeah, yeah. Um, I after listening to the Blank Slate Best of 2016 movie, um, they did a Best Comedy uh, Award, and uh, Henry and Alexi both gave it to. The Lonely Island movie that came out this year, yeah, pop right. star Never Stop Never Stopping, and I guess because it didn't get a proper cinematic release here, um, I just kind of ig- not really ignored it. I was like, oh, it must be a bit of a stinker, um, but it is so good. If you like, if you are a fan of what those guys do, it's like a behind the music special about like a like you know a, a Bieber esque character. No, like a more of a like a. a, a it's, originally, it's the three of them as like a rap outfit. Oh, sure. Called the Style Boys. Yeah. And then Andy Samberg's character breaks out and is a solo, has a solo career with only one of them as his DJ and the other guy goes to live on a farm. Sure. It's really funny. It has cameos from like Usher, DJ Khaled, um, like Jimmy Fallon, um, like all as themselves, uh, Quest Love and the Roots. Like it, it, but it works really, really well. Yeah. It's really well edited. The jokes are really great. And if you were a fan of the Lonely Island songs, especially like they're like, you know, they're able to lampoon what current rap sounds like, but with a complete absurdness. There's like, at one point he does like a, a verse that's all catchphrases. It's fucking hilarious. I was like, like I, I, I think I have a bruise on my leg from punching Damn, my leg. That should be I was on the, so the sticker if it was a video, it should say it. So yeah, I, induces I, bruising. I would, I'm, I'm, are you a fan of Hot Rod? I've never seen it. You've never seen Hot Rod? I've never seen Hot Rod. Man, Hot Rod is like Hot Rod is what you want Anchorman to be when you go back to watching it. Yeah, Remember sure. That, that great feeling that you had, where like, you're like, oh man, Anchorman's the best fucking movie. Yeah. And you go back and watch it now. Every line's been ruined. Yeah, everything's a t-shirt. Um, but Hot Rod holds up. It's yeah. such a well-edited. It's like so many actors in it that you love, and they go when they go full absurd. It, do they just go that extra mile of just wackiness, but like wackiness from a good place instead yeah. of like, you know, family guy force wackiness. Yeah. Um, I think Hot Water, Hot Rod is a Hot Water. Hot Water is a, is a, is a, uh, is a gen- genuinely great comedy. I put it on my first comedies to watch of 2017. <laughs> um, and the Lonely Planet one. And obviously MacGruber no. as well. Have you seen MacGruber? Lonely Island. Yeah, I've seen MacGruber. MacGruber rules. MacGruber is incredible. And like, Magru- but that was like such an acquired taste movie. Like that is the, like, I don't think there's any movie that I've put on more times that I start with a group of people and then finish with just me watching. <laughs> If you want to clear a house, I, in fact, I remember putting it on at a you and I are the only a New Year's ga- yeah. getaway. Um, were you still watching it at yeah. the end? All oh, right, fair. yeah, yeah. No, I was one of the only ones. But it I started. Up, there was like twelve of us watching it to begin with. It was just you and me. At the end. Yeah, it was great. That was amazing. Um, I also saw Hunt for the Wilder People recently. Yeah, watching that tomorrow. Uh, man, Which sounds like an excuse, but brilliant I, fucking movie. Like just what we do in the shadows is superb. So I mean, it's all, it's the least you could expect, right? But I don't know if I've said this on the on the on the podcast before, but I was when when I when it came out that he was directing the next Thor movie, I was so excited because he knows how to do comedy so well. But I actually forgot how. How good he is at doing moments of genuine like, heart and emotion in his movies, and that's actually what is fucking lacking, particularly in, in, in the Thor movies. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we have some actual heartfelt moments of friendship. Thor and is a bit of a family. He's, like that's that, he's a bit of a one. Like you know. Well, I mean, he works as a character, but it's it's always they're, they're, they're he's quite one dimensional. There is a there is a really really brilliant moment between Thor, Loki, and and their their mother, the mother. In, in Dark World. Yeah, I think it's probably the strongest part of that movie. That movie gets a bad rap. I like. Yeah, Thor. no, I, I like, like Dark, Dark World. World as well. Um, finally, I saw. Um, I think we talked about Keanu before yeah, the the, the, lock, the um, Key and Peele movie about a cat. It's not a brilliant movie. It's a really really fun comedy just to put on and watch. But after George Michael passed away. It is such a good movie to watch. What's the relevance? So one of them is a massive fan of George Michael and it's the yeah, only right. CD he has in his car. And at one point, like they, they basically like infiltrate a gang by pretending to be other gang members. And um, George Michael comes on and he basically like, as this gangster persona justifies why, why George Michael is the shit. And it is so convincing that 
like it's that father figure song. Yeah. It's a great track. <laughs> um, and you're like, fuck yeah, man. George Michael is the shit. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if George Michael's death and everyone's um, heart pouring kind of coming out baffled you in a way, like yeah. maybe you thought he was a bit of a throwaway pop artist or no whatever, way. watch this if you need convincing that he's a goat. Yeah. So, that, I mean, those are three movies that three comedies as well like you know that's the thing we are, I guess we are we're in the comedy section of iTunes yeah. the nice guys I really loved I thought Fuck that was yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. Shane Black's nice guys I, I, I was really calling it the other guys it's the nice, nice guys. guys that's right the fuck's um, the other guys um, wasn't that that Mark Wahlberg and um, oh yeah and, and Will Ferrell so sorry <laughs> I wish we could wreck on this episode um, but uh, yeah the nice guys I, I, I enjoyed I hated that everyone all the women who work in the sex industry die oh yeah I thought that was fucking that was a terrible that was Shane Black gross. doesn't get it yeah but, um, uh, but OJ, I thought I loved Russell Crowe in it and I loved Ryan oh, great. Gosling Gosling yeah. what a fucking knight in shining armor more like Ryan Goatling um, OJ made in America Terrific, terrific. It was uh, actually turned into a cinematic version, but it's a six-hour, five-hour documentary. Yeah, it's apparently it's up for an Oscar. Because yeah, it's up for they, an Oscar. They screened it once. Yeah, in, best, in, in full. Best documentary I've seen in so 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 long. I watched it on my flight uh, to the states, and it, it was just I've watched it again. Like I've spent ten hours watching it in about a month. It's it's terrific. I've got a list here that I'm hoping will make me remember something. A lot of a lot of you know, obviously Rogue One. A lot of <laughs> Strange year, wasn't it? Like, not a lot of big boy... Well, there was heaps of big boy movies. They just... A lot of them fucking sucked. A lot of them stank. Also, first time in years where I was just like, I'm not going to see that at the cinema. I'm going to wait. And I think it was just as a result of playing victim for so long. <laughs> like, what? what? Which films in particular? Like, I really wanted to see Star Trek Beyond, but I was just like, uh, I'm going to wait. Yeah, I even had free tickets to it. I didn't go. Yeah, wow. See, how terrible it was. What an entitled cunt. We're such fuckwits. Um, no wonder uh, the boomers hate us. Yeah. Boomers yeah, hate Seriously, him. boomers would have given that as a gift and they would have loved you it. You could have bought a house with those free Star Trek tickets. I'm looking at these lists. You know, also, things that get released in the States, they're very... It's dropping, uh, I guess, the... Uh, Frequency which they've released here, a lot of stuff just comes straight to DVD here now or video on demand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really since like really get it that that, app, that Apple TV two whatever the fuck it's called like yeah. it has changed the way I, I, I watch things. I now just buy everything on iTunes. It's right. Passengers look so stinky. I didn't see Arrival. Did you see Arrival? No, I'm dying to see it. I am yeah. going to see it. Oh, um, same as La La Land. I want to see that too. Yeah, I, my I, mom I, just I texted loved, me then, literally Blue saying Flash. she saw it. Colla- uh, Nocturnal Creatures was fantastic. It was Tom Ford's film. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't see that one. That was terrific. Terrific, terrific film. Uh, yeah, this year was odd. Didn't go to a lot of films. Man, TV is even patchier for me, though. Like, Same here. I this is a year where I just didn't watch things. I just listened to things, I think. I didn't use my eyes. <laughs> Do you just podcasts and music? or? Well, I watched The Force Awakens a lot on Blu-ray. <laughs> and then you rewatched all the Star Wars movies. Nocturnal Animals. Sorry, I keep calling it Nocturnal Creatures. It's Nocturnal... I've got... These t- see, titles need to stick no, in Yeah, Nocturnal Creatures is the one with Mark Wahlberg and, uh, and, and Will <laughs> and Ferrell. And Will Ferrell, yeah, yeah the yeah. other guys. <laughs> the other Nocturnals. Um, TV, I've, like, it's so patchy what I've watched. Obviously, we, we did all of Westworld. Yeah. I've, I'm up Which I've got to I'm gonna say, hats off to us for actually sticking ha- through we, we are so fucking a good. series and talking about it week by week. Like, we, didn't, we talked about it three times, I think. Oh, yeah, we, we did. We did. <laughs> We're yeah, not I, that great. We're shit. Right. Both of us started it from the midway through. Yeah. Um, I was traveling. You were being a dad. I was also traveling, motherfucker. I was on tour with those oh, Venga right. Boys. You, were, you had a Venga Boys year. Um, Daredevil season two was okay. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I watched one episode of Stranger Things. Oh, and wow. And my wife said it was too too scary. Oh, you so should really watch it. I know. I really want it's to. Really I really like the first issue. I did love that. Episode. Stranger Things was big. Um, Luke Cage, I watched two two episodes of, and honestly, those two episodes felt longer than the rest of the television that I watched this year combined. Like, I don't wow. understand how you can turn something so fun and cool into something so fucking drawn out. Well, what I think you're touching on the LFs, especially with Luke Cage and everything you've mentioned there besides Westworld was like a Netflix series, is there's been this... Think think back to a couple of years ago when Arrested Development all dropped its first season. It was such a great thing and, you know... Well, it wasn't great. I still haven't watched all of that season yet. Oh, but I mean, it was the first of its kind. Like, let's not think about the product, but let's sure. just think about how it was radical. Oh, no, I, but I, if, if it did come out week to week, I probably would have kept watching. Yeah, sure. I, I really don't like the drop everything at once. Well, this is what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is... Ever since then, every other week, no matter which streaming service it is, no matter which country, either, mm. whether it's Hulu or Stan or Netflix, or whatever, everything's binging. Even iView. Like, everything is, watch all of this now. And when someone tells me that, I, it's really funny. I have this, like, 
instant rebellion where I'm like, well, no, I'm going to do something else for eight hours. Like, I find it almost a bit rude, especially shows that aren't established. Like, I think it worked really well with Arrested Development because it was a show that was cancelled and then it was a show that was famously resurrected by a streaming service, which, you know, at the time was, you know, everyone thought it was a little train that couldn't do it. Mm. And now it's one of the biggest sources of entertainment. But I think it's what's interesting is there's a new shift. And I think that people need to, and when I say people, I mean people that run these streaming services need to reassess that this binging culture and celebrations of binging really works only for something celebrated for new IPs. I just don't know if it works where it launches, you have to watch all of this now. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, man, I've got to watch like things that, that are established and that I like first and then I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah, it's so different like seeing the 13 hours put out in front of you and go, okay, that's what I'm committing to yeah. as opposed to here's this thing every week. Yeah, I totally agree. And even, though, even though for the most part I wait until the season is done and then I download it all and then I yeah. watch it over the course of a couple of weeks. But yeah, I... I, I it is something so threatening about the the drop of the entire season. Same here. I, I totally agree. And this is like coming from someone who loved the the Arrested Development rollout and it was like a great story. It was like, oh, wow, it's back. It, you know, it was resurrected. I just explained it. But man, every second week now, there's a series which is dropped on a platform where it's like, you have to watch all of this. And I don't know, man, I'm starting to find it a bit threatening. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, Jesus, there's... And- if it, two shows come out, that's 26 hours that I've got to find. I wish And then that- the think pieces come out. And if you miss those, <laughs> or if you see them, and things get spoiled, and then it's a competition between Vulture and Vox and AV Club. They all want to get their article or their wrap-up out. And you see these things in your feed, and it, it just takes away from the hype. And I mean, at least for week by week, everyone was kind of watching at the same time. And I don't know. It was, it's, it's really interesting. As someone who really loves technology and loves this idea of binging itself, I just find it quite... I think I think there's going to be a quality assurance test now for binging, you know. Yeah, I I, I mean I just it, it it can't work within the way I live. Yeah, so I mean it's I'll, not an option. I'll, I'll watch it over the course of a couple of weeks anyway. I mean, so, look, I do two podcasts. You do three podcasts. Why? You got why? a family. <laughs> I, I work full time. You work so many jobs, and it's just kind of like when I'm told to do these things, I find Who's it telling you. <laughs> Netflix. Well, yeah, because it auto plays. Yeah, right. are you kidding me? It doesn't tell you every yeah, email yeah. I get from Netflix. I'm yeah, getting totally. alerts pushed to my phone, like it's telling you, and I'm just like, to your no, watch. No, you're supposed to, yeah to my watch. I'm like, you're supposed to be a bastion of like getting away from it all. Stop, <laughs> stop yelling at me to watch things. Um, so we watched a few pilots this year that we didn't watch any more of. Preacher, Preacher. That was a fucking boring hour of television that yeah. I don't ever want to revisit. Yeah. Apparently, it got quite good in like the final episode. It hasn't been. Commissioned two has it? I don't know. That's it, what I mean. It's no. baffling to me that it isn't because you know having Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. But like, how would it, how did they put something so uninteresting together? Yeah. Um, Maybe AMC really nuded it. Something that I wish I watched more of. Um, we only watched that first really long pilot it was uh, eleven twenty two sixty four. Oh yeah, same here. The um, James Franco JFK yeah, yeah, time yeah. travel one that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to watch Atlanta, the Donald Glover. Yeah, show same, apparently yeah. is excellent. Yeah, he's winning. He cancelled a show because he's winning a Golden Globe for it, probably. Um, I watched half a season of South Park for the first time since high school. Oh, yeah, it was great, right? <laughs> yeah, I really, you think? I really. Yeah, I watched up until like the the uh, obviously the, the one Trump? The, the election night one, yeah. which I thought was hilarious because it it really felt like they'd completely rewritten an episode. And they had to. They had the a completely before. different episode because yeah. they, like the rest of the world, thought the outcome was going to be completely different. I kind of wish that they would make a documentary that goes alongside each season. I mean, you obviously know they've done one. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. Like, but I, for each I, season, like, yeah. every season. I was going to say, I, I, I thought either you were going to do a joke then and I'd be like, well, did you know? Yeah. There was a, but I think that'd be fascinating. Like, I, like I'm Just almost more at- interested in the process now than I am the actual And they're episodes. quite private guys too. Like, they don't give press. Uh, yeah. They don't do anything. There was a... One thing on Instagram recently, which was great, is um, Trey Parker's daughter is now the voice of Ike. So, he used to have a family friend who had a toddler and he would just go to his friends and get them to record. And it's kind of like you with Archie um, getting him to repeat things to Tommy Dasselow, calling him a dumb egg. <laughs> and you'll see him say like, now you say daddy does it. And then he makes his, he puts like the headphones on his daughter in the recording booth and she'll like repeat the lines and stuff. And she's the voice of Ike. And I was like, aw. Man, it's- I uh, recorded... The f- my first ever podcast with Archie the other day. Oh, wow. Should I put that up on our bonus episode going up or our, our next episode? Yeah. How long is it? It's like three minutes. Yeah. 
If you it? want, if, I mean, do you want to if, save if, it for if something that, else? If that's something that you're interested in hearing, uh, no, no, I think it's. I think I, I, do you I want to save it for an I, I eventually want to. I, no, save I'm, it for that. Say, make it a special thing. Don't I, just put on Hey Fam. No, I think I think it'll be pretty. If if you want to hear, well, I got to do one with my cat. Then I feel if you like you want to hear a three minute podcast that I recorded with my son about the alphabet. Um, because it was his decision. He, he made the decision of what, what were we going to make a podcast about. Let us know. Write to us, heyfampodcast at gmail.com or find us facebook.com slash heyfampodcast. Back to TV for a second. I just wish everyone would just stick to eight to ten episodes a season. I wish Netf- Net- these Netflix shows would be so... The Marvel ones especially would be so much better if there were eight... Problem, oh, man, I fucking hate it. If there were like eight or ten episodes... It's like, like, Trim that fat. I know it came out last year. Best thing I watched on television this year, the second season of Fargo. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, ten Fargo episodes. Was, was it ten episodes? Yeah, ten. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, like, like yeah. absolutely Tremendous. brilliant in yeah. every way. I'm and so pumped for season three, starting really soon. Is it really? Yeah, Ewan McGregor's the lead. He plays t- twins. Man, let's commit. Let's do it every week by week it. when that comes out. That's going to be a week it. by week. That was our hands... High five! I'm kind of excited for the Legion, the the um, X Men show that Fox. Is yeah, doing. I'm not at all. But it's by the same production yeah, team no, I'm as just Fargo. Not, I'm just not Fox X Men. There's so many fingers in pies and people in suits calling shots about it. I can already tell. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, is I'll, it that interesting too? Well, I mean, the it just le- doesn't look interesting the to me. X Men like, Legacy comics always really cool. Yeah, um, and it looks like it's going to be pretty weird. Yeah, so that's it appealing. just looks quite like classic person has powers and oh, I'm going crazy and <laughs> like I've seen it I don't know yeah I, I, I don't it, it does chance. nothing for me tell me how it is I will I um, do like though however it is distancing itself from the Marvel and the Agents of Shields uh, Netflix and sorry the Netflix and all that and it's not trying to be a guy in a costume beating up people exactly yeah, I yeah. do appreciate I, that but also I'm just like uh, it just looks boring then um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually got quite good this year with uh, Ghost the Rider of Ghost Rider was actually, but apparently he's not returning for the rest of this season which is baffling but um, so this is the Ghost Rider who is the current Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes who is uh, he, he has a car he has like a, and like how has he become rider. the Ghost Rider um, he gets visited by the Ghost of Vengeance then um yeah, he gets given Ghost Rider powers. I don't know. It's, it's pretty like whatever. Who gives a fuck? He gets he gets comic book powers just because he does. And but the the, the special effects were actually pretty decent, and the story was really fun. Did he piss fire? No, and he so, didn't. He didn't give a flaming finger to the camera. So Nicholas Cage is still the still number one Ghost Rider. champ of uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider. Yeah, so Ghost Rider two. I still got to say is one of my favorite comic book movies. Really, that's so far. I've it's never just batshit. Is it right? I it's fucking it batshit. So we will, we will, our plan. If you live in Sydney, we're going to try and do like superhero commentary, video game films. Yes, superhero and video game like commentary, Mortal movies, Kombat or The Phantom, where we get friends of ours to come and talk shit over stupid movies. We're probably going to kick it off with The Phantom. Because uh, we mentioned that we were going to do a commentary for that yeah. a while ago, and people want us to stick to it. So uh, yeah. if that if that interests you, hit us up. Or if you're Billy Zane, give us a call. Yeah, Billy Zane, come do it with us. You're a funny guy. Yeah, you've probably got some like points. Uh, freaking fly miles saved up. Come She's over. Like, man, I hated this costume. Yeah, hate, purple, purple's not my color. Purple doesn't look good on anybody except the Joker. At except Jared Leto. Oh no, you can wear purple. <laughs> he, he wore nothing. Um, yeah. How good that a Joker that didn't wear purple? Just. Did he not wait, no, 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 even slight amount of purple? Oh, maybe. maybe there's a, he had purple light projected on him at one point. Yeah. In his flashbacks. Let's not let's not talk about Suicide Squad. It was hard. It was a, people still want us to do it. Go home, home 2016. People still want us to do You're damaged. Comment, people want us to do the commentary still. We promised it and then we didn't do it. Yeah, we've got to do the Suicide Squad commentary. Maybe we could make this one of these live nights. Live yeah. night live night at the pub in Sydney with us talking over superhero movies. If Don't that you appeals to you, let us know. Um Cool, that is it for this week. That's our little wrap-up of 2016 things. Please. Video games? No, we're going to say Mario well, we, we Run. Did, we did an entire video game. Oh, you want to mention Mario Run though, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, so Angus is playing Mario Run. <laughs> uh, we, we talked about it last week in our best video games of the year. Thanks so much to Michael Hing and Shag to, uh, for joining us. It was a really fun episode. It was great. It was a traditional countdown episode. Yep, countdown. Unlike this one. <laughs> this is all over the place, mate. Fucking but this mo- is hey, fam. Bloody millennials and your avocado Muslims. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a great punch bowl punk band. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, Mario Run. I've quit playing because Angus is way too good at it, and I'm it's threatened. Bizarre, isn't it? I haven't had a glut of time to just sit down and play it, which I think is what you need to do to get really good at it. I just play it on the train, on the toilet. Like I don't go out of my way, except for when today you were coming, and I just noticed somebody on my friends list was briefly beating me, so I had to go in and destroy them. So, uh, for those who are playing it, Angus currently has four thousand three hundred, six hundred, four thousand and six hundred toads, and twenty three. I have seven hundred or something, I've, and I've 
just I'm it's so overwhelming overwhelming to, to even try and get near what I you've think got. the reason why I keep going back to it it's so fun it's a really well made like, game it's, it's just super fun. fun I don't feel like I'm playing a pay to play freemium game which is what most of the addicted I guess which I'm still addicted which to you are some, playing some, um, like the the Sum Sum game and it's about to be Star Wars themed which I'm very excited about yeah wow that's dangerous um yeah so uh, but I just find I don't know I just think it's the fact that it's like it just feels like it doesn't feel like a mobile game because I've paid that controversial down payment just and so not any fucking money yeah I still can't believe it's the thing that like broke this game's back yeah um, um, should we just say, look, 2017, three things you're looking forward to? Well, I think we should do a predictions episode. Um, we, we're going to we'll always do that, of course. Okay, we're, let's we're gonna, do it properly. So we we're, we're going to we're, we're going to do. We should go back and listen to our predictions episode from this year. We'll pay one of you guys, the Hey Fam interns, <laughs> to do it for us because I reckon we made some very wrong predictions. Um, we thought Suicide Squad was going to be okay. Um, so I'll we go, did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I'm going to go through and write down all our predictions, and we can uh, laugh at ourselves uh, early uh, early next year. Have a great New Year's Eve. We're going to do a um, a special. Funny episode. Oh yeah, straight after this. Next, next, next week. Um, so uh, if you if you want me to include the bonus Archie podcast, uh, let me let me know and I'll put it on there. Stick it out, hit it on our Facebook wall or email us. Um, thanks so much for listening. You can see us next week at Hey Fam. Uh, again, we are the Hello Family Boys, and you can we'll, find uh, us online at Jimmy Changus is Angus on Twitter and Instagram. Also, we'll be putting up details of our first live commentary very soon. Yes, definitely. It's probably going to be January. Uh, I'm at LevDog, L E V D A W G. Please find us on there and uh, say hello. Um, it's been cool, kind of more than doubling our listenership this year was real, yeah, real right thing to do. So uh, thanks uh, if, if you're someone that's come on this year. No features. No features? We had no features. We, we went platinum this year. <laughs> no features. We, got, we had no features and we managed to go platinum. It's crazy. Um, have a great new year. Thanks for a great 2016 and uh, see you next week. Love your family. Enjoy your morning. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.